Well, hey, welcome back to Wealth Mavericks, where we are unlocking the secrets that the wealthy know and the government won't tell you. <laughs> Not really. They actually do tell you, right? I mean, Bob, you, you've said it yeah. before. It's in black yeah. and white. So they yeah. actually do tell you, but it is hard to find. Yes. And for those of us who I would consider very talented and um, acumen-based business owners who are also financially illiterate and no longer want to be that, this is the show for you. What right. was written in stone? The Ten Commandments. Well, what what happened? Even to the those first got set? broken. Right? <laughs> so, so even those had to be redone. So you know, plan, planning is really not written in stone. I'd rather have a plan and change it than not have a plan to begin with. Yes. And I thought there was such wisdom in that. And so I think as business owners, sometimes I think we do feel like special forces. Yes. It's like we're yeah. we're out there. And to yeah. your point, it's like, let's at least create a pathway and a plan. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can change that as we go. Yeah. I'm super excited about today's episode because we're gonna get into some real practical how-tos. We're gonna actually work with a, uh, a we'll call it a use case or, or, or a case study, um, you know, the what they say the names and places have changed to protect the innocent. Yes. <laughs> so we'll use it. We'll use a scenario that I'd love to put forth uh, to you, Bob, and then you can give me your feedback in. Like, okay, cool. Here's a sample plan that we might use. And as we're coming into the fourth quarter of 2023, doesn't matter what time you're listening to this, but you've got time to do some planning before the end of this year to actually enact some of these strategies. So, and, and how's your day going, Bob? Before we dive in. I'm amazing. Yeah, no, a day's going great. And, uh, you know, before we dive into it, just want to make sure we we do a disclaimer of indicating that, you know, this is whatever we talk about here today is really educational purposes only. Uh, it's not going to be considered financial advice, tax advice, legal advice, or any advice. It's just two guys talking about different strategies, use cases that we've done in the past with other particular clients. We actually knew their situation and created a plan and went, took them through our process. So, but just for here though, this is just for educational purposes only. Yeah. Well, well said, because, you know, just because someone's building a home doesn't mean that you know how to build their home. It's like each case is so significant and distinct from one another. So, uh, but that being said, I also think it's helpful to say, oh, here, here's how another home was built and how, how this could happen. So, We'll we'll kind of play the game of we'll just pretend I'm just average Joe business owner who's successful in what I'm doing. I've got some income um, that is above and beyond what's quote unquote needed to live my lifestyle that I want. Um, and looking at the scenario, if I'm looking at um, what was what was the book uh, written a million years ago, um, the richest man in Babylon. Yes, uh, I can't remember the author's name. Um, Klaassen. Yeah. 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 So like, anyway, written a long time ago, but phenomenal book. And there's a principle in it where he talks about like putting your money, like creating a little army of money that goes to work for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of it we'll talk about today. We'll, we'll dive into that, but let's just say, let's say I'm average Joe business owner and you know, I've got a successful business. It's, it's paying the bills. It's affording me the lifestyle that I want to live. Um, and at the end of the year, every year, there's some, you know, money that I can take as a owner's draw or distribution uh, for myself. Uh, in previous episodes, we've talked about how expensive it is to extract that, you know, from your yeah. business to use for lifestyle. Um, but let, let's say I'm making, uh, let's say I'm making five hundred thousand dollars a year, 
Um, and to live the lifestyle that I want to live, you know, to take the vacations I want to take, to live in the home that I want to live in and drive the cars and the blah, all the stuff, right? Daily life. Let's say that's $300,000 a year, uh, $25,000 a month that I'm spending from, you know, from that. But then there's this excess of call it $200,000, um, of income that I don't need, mm -hmm. but I'm taking, and it is being absorbed by mm -hmm. my family. Mm -hmm. right? yes, it is being yes. spent. Yes. Yeah, it's not that it's not being spent. It is being spent, yeah. but at what level? So can you maybe break down a scenario and say, okay, well, if, if that were me, and you can ask whatever questions in this hypothetical scenario uh, to give your advice, but what advice would you have? Like, how would you structure something to, to do with that $200,000? Yeah. So we have an entire process that we take. Uh, we have a membership structure. So when people come in, come into our, um, our house, so to speak, uh, we have a membership structure and there's a certain process of data gathering, uh, fact finding, um, and, and diving into the analytics of the data, um, making sure that certain things are, are, uh, are met and we have a good understanding of a particular situation of somebody. So, um, the type of compensation that they, they're legally allowed to take out or the minimum compensation they're legally allowed to take out of their business, uh, mapping out their cash flow to your point, 300,000, right? 25,000 a month. What's that look like? Um, you know, finding out, Hey, do you as a business owner want to pay off your mortgage? Right? Do you want to pay off your house? Uh, is that something that's of a goal for you? Um, you know, what what do you are you looking to retire? Traditional retire, not uh, you know, sitting on the lazy boy reading the newspaper or reading the tablet of newspapers. Um, you know, smoking a cigar or a pipe. You know, we're not talking about that type of retirement. Um, but what do you want to do? Or are you like a lot of business owners where you know what you say? I don't know what would I do, right? I, we mm. like to travel. I like spending time with my family. I know that, you know, our kids are adults, so we're probably going to have grandkids at some point. Um, I'd like mm -hmm. to spend some time visiting. Okay. So this traditional thought process of retirement, which was really started in the fifties is not a real thing that we as human creatures are used to. Mm. Okay. So what we do is with business owners is retirement is more of lifestyle adjustments. Right? right. What can I do? What can we do to help you structure your business to where you can have more time outside of your business, visit family, grandkids, go traveling, but also still have the control of your business and your business continue to have control over its process, its revenues, its cash flow, and that sort of stuff. Okay. So if if we just pa pause here for a moment, because sure. I think this is a thought that's going through a lot of business owners' minds, as it did mine. Um, my goal was to build a healthy enough income that I can, where I can be the boss, right? I don't have to go get a job. That's like that first level of extraction where it's like, I'm the boss, business is paying my bills. I can live the life that I want and I can work when I want. I, I heard somebody say this the other day, being a business owner just means you get to choose which 80 hours you want to work per yes. week. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I always so, say you get to choose your headaches. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, that's yeah. all it is, right? It's like, yeah. you're there's something inside of us as, as entrepreneurs, I think that is, we just tick differently than your average bear. Yeah. So, so I, I have this idea, I'm going to build this base level of income that's going to pay for my lifestyle. Then we start thinking, okay, well, how long can I do this for? Mm -hmm. Do I want to do this when I'm 90? If I live that long, do I want to be doing this at 75? Maybe yes, mm -hmm. maybe no. Mm -hmm. But then my brain started as a freedom seeking, like adventure loving, orienteering kind of person. 
I'm always looking at how do I extract myself mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. and set up the life that I want. And you had mentioned this. So I want to travel or I want to see the kids, you know, wherever they're at in the country, whatever it might be. So my goal was always build a business that I can sell. I forget what the exact number was that I wanted. I think I wanted like $8 million um, exit and after paying taxes that I'd have enough money. I think it was going to yield by investing in the stock market at a 5% return. Uh, yield <laughs> Did your homework. Yeah, I mean, that that was like the game that I invented in my mind. And when, you, when I've heard you talk about investing or building assets, it's very different than I'm just going to go get a 5% return from the stock market. Mm-hmm. Although I think that's what most business owners are feeling. Mm-hmm. Can I build enough value to sell this entity for enough money to invest it in the stock market mm-hmm. and generate a return? so I can live the life I want. Mm -hmm. I think that's where most people who are entrepreneurs, that's where our brain is kind of orienting towards. What I've heard you talk about is very different from that. So maybe talk with me, like, if that is my goal, let's say, you know, I'm 40, I'm almost 46. Let's say I want to retire at 55. I want to be able to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it. Like, what's the pathway to get there for me? Yeah. So there's, there's a couple things that we need to understand is the type of business you're in. Um, is it a business that we can scale to where we can do what uh, Benjamin Hardy wrote in his book, Who, Not How? Um, it, are we able to find who's people, hire employees, or bring on business partners mm-hmm. who may have ownership, but have the ability that maybe they're younger, but still have the expertise that you have to sustain the business a little bit longer so you can have more of a lifestyle and an exit? right? Mm. Um, Do you have children involved? Are you in a business where, um, like we experienced in 2020 to 2022, right? Are you in a business to where uh, you could be considered shut down or you're in a business where you may or may not be essential? Um, You're in a situation where um, you you can't necessarily um, make changes. Let's say I am am a scalable business. Kids don't want any, and I think I'm seeing this a lot. Kids are not wanting to be involved in their parents' um, succession plans. They're like, I'm, I saw you go through the headaches. I don't want those headaches. Mm-hmm. So let's say no kids involved for the future of it, but it is scalable, meaning I can go find the who's to, to replace me. So let's say those scenarios are in place. Yeah. So then what we would do is we would start building out an, a plan based on that seven years, right? You're 46 and you said, what, 55? Yeah, we'll say seven years. Yeah, seven, yeah. seven years. Okay. So we'll build out a plan for the seven years. And so what we also want to do is we understand as a business owner that your business increases your personal lifestyle, right? So your your per, your home, your your different activities, your cars, those types of things. You know, what do you want? Do you want your mortgage paid off? So we want to make sure that mm. do you want your mortgage paid off now, or do you want it in seven years? You want to make sure it's paid off. Um, do you do you want to sell your house, downsize, upsize? Size, right? Do you want to mm. maybe sell the house and go to a, a place where you can have family retreats where the, the kids come? So these are all things that we bring up in a conversation that that are part of the plan. It doesn't have to have answers today, but we like to plant seeds to kind of get people thinking that there are different possibilities. And even if, yeah. you're, if you decide to change from now to seven years, our planning process is designed to adjust to that. There is well, no like written in stone. I mean, even if you think about it, what right. was written in stone? The Ten Commandments. <laughs> right. Well, 
What what happened? Even to the those first got set, broken. Right? <laughs> so, so even those had to be redone. So you know, plan, planning is really not written in stone. <laughs> so and and I think it's I think this is a really good point. One of my one of my close friends was a um he wasn't a green he he was an army ranger for 23 years. Wow. So special forces operator amazing. served all over the you know all over the world. Yeah, and amazing. what he said is you always want to go, I'd rather have a plan and change it than not have a plan to begin with. Yes. And I thought there was such wisdom in that. And so I think as business owners, sometimes I think we do feel like special forces. Yes. It's like we're yeah. we're out there. And to yeah. your point, it's like, let's at least create a pathway and a plan. Yeah. yeah. And then we can change that as we go. Yeah. Yeah. And we can always come back to that line. But yeah. I think that's the case. So let's say in this scenario, so scalable business, no kids that want to be involved in the succession. Um I, we have a mortgage on our house, but it's at three percent. So I don't want to. I don't. I don't care about necessarily paying that off immediately. But when I'm done, when I do this exit, I would like to have that paid for. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd like to buy a, a, a vacation home or like you know uh, somewhere to to go you know be with the family in the mountains. Perfect. Okay. So now that we have all that right, and there's there's a whole bunch of other points in in this process, but let's just right. keep this high level. Um, and we look at, okay, well, you have, you know, 300,000 is your lifestyle. And you said you have about 200,000 that's left over. And so we mm -hmm. put a plan together to where that 200,000 ends up staying in the business. Okay. As okay. cash flow. Now, let me, let me clarify what I mean when I say cash flow. We talk about income. We talk about revenue, right? Let me clarify what the definition of each of these words are. Okay. okay. So when I'm a business and I create sales or, products that return revenue. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the revenue is the thing that we earn from our business doing what it does. Okay. Out of that revenue, we pay expenses. So okay? would that be like, is revenue like gross income? Is that synonymous? A lot of times that's how people view it as gross income. But okay. one of the things that we always tell people is that remember income is taxable. Mm -hmm. Cash flow is plannable. Okay. okay. So if we keep using the word income, we're saying we're okay with our money being taxed. But if we use the word revenue, cash mm -hmm. flow, then we understand that the only thing that is going to be taxed is the purposeful income that we choose to become income. Okay. Okay. Um, it's like saying, hey, you know, when you talk to a lot of people that you you have to speak it into truth, right? If you say you're you're fat. And you're dumb, right. and you do that for 20 years. You're going to be fat and dumb, <laughs> right? Right. You want to but, manifest what you want, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, think what you want to be, and so, so we need to understand these words because these words have purpose in the accounting structure as well. Mm. Cash flow is what's left over after your revenue and expenses. Okay. Okay. Now, when we do a profit and loss statement, revenue minus expenses equals profit or loss. That's because that's a financial statement. But before we file a financial statement, we have cash flow. Okay. Cash flow is what we get to plan. Now, we as an owner may decide to plan some of that cash flow to be W-2 income for myself as mm -hmm. an owner. Okay, great. We purposely said that cash flow is going to be income. 
And that, that would be like of the 300,000. So Correct. of the 300,000, like some of it's going to be some form of W-2. Correct. There's going to be some more It'll amount. Be just or, a distribution. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yep. And the reason why we want W-2 and distributions, um, because there's in most businesses, there's their pass-throughs, meaning that whatever profit and loss there is comes to you as the individual taxpayer and you pay your tax rate. So remember our previous uh, episode, we talked about the uh, income funnel and progressive tax system, mm-hmm. effective marginal. That's what essentially that means yeah. is that. So if I all of a sudden say, okay, I have my cash flow, I have taken my W-2, I have distributions, there's something we call cost basis. And this, these are some accounting terms. I'm not going to get totally nerdy on you, but cost basis is very important in the planning process. Okay. So important that the IRS most recently are requiring businesses and CPAs to calculate cost basis, which they didn't before Mm. a few years ago. Okay. Why? Because cost basis allows you to justifiably lose money in a business and take that loss, remember profit or Mm -hmm. loss, to take that loss that passes through to you as an individual taxpayer that goes on your individual tax return. What does a negative income mean? It offsets positive income, lowers your tax rate. Okay. What was happening was that nobody was calculating cost basis. And so the IRS had no baseline of understanding if this was a real loss or was this an over distribution of, of losses and hmm. they, they treat it differently. So, but the reason why I say what, it's- a, what, what would you say? So cost basis, simple terms. I'm a financial moron and I no longer want to be. So it's the principal in your business. Okay. So it's it's the principal amount in your business. Yeah. And that's what they want you to calculate each year so that you can okay. So that they Correct. can understand what's happening in reality. Correct. Because principal in any investment that grows, that principal is not taxable. It's the growth that's taxable. Hmm. Right? Which would be is that capital gains? Is Correct. that what that's called? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, got it. Okay. So, so so you've got your cost basis is the principal and each year you're saying that can change? It can because it's based on your revenue and your cash flow in your business. Got it. Okay. okay. So you can take it out as W2 and that lowers your cost basis because you took it out as W2 income. Or you can take some W2, you leave the cash flow, right? Now we're getting really nerdy. This is the fun stuff, right? This is mm-hmm. where most people want to say, okay, I'm going to pause it and go to the bathroom, um, <laughs> right? So the cost basis is so important because it gives us as a planning tool, how much we're allowed to distribute out of the business from a cash flow perspective and still have a tax benefit. That's a planning tool. That's what we want. We want to have that calculation. And so the IRS said, okay, time out, time out. We, the IRS, want a better understanding, but also we want to give you, as our taxpayers, as adults raising their kids, Mm -hmm. here's the rules. We want you to understand a rule. So if you break a rule, you understand why you're being put on timeout, why there's a consequence. If you play by the rule, this is why you're getting a, a lollipop. Right. right. <laughs> or, you know, ice cream cone, right? Whatever. The, right. right. In the in government, IRS terms, it's tax savings. This is why you're getting your tax savings. Mm-hmm. If you don't, this is why you're going to get extra taxes as capital gains. Okay. Right. So, so that's kind of high level. And, and I apologize for diving into that because that becomes important in the planning process. 
And if you're not well, planning and again, for- we're, we're financially illiterate who no longer want to be. And so understanding these concepts and as I've learned from you, it, it's very empowering. So I know, yeah, maybe our brain wants to tune it out because we've sucked at this in the past. But as we, get, if we want to gain this knowledge to really set ourselves up to build assets and build long-term wealth, these things do become important for us to understand at least conceptually. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you don't need to apologize. I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank so you. So when, when everything, yeah. So when everything's said and done, I've got this extra two hundred thousand dollars that's on top right. of everything, and I want to have a plan for that. I don't. I I recognize now how expensive it is to absorb that into my lifestyle. So I don't want to do that anymore. I want to create a plan for this cash flow because, as you said, income gets taxed, but cash flow can be planned, Planable. right? Mm-hmm. So what do I want to do? What's the plan for this two hundred thousand? So this 200,000 what we usually do is we put a structure in place to where we want to we want with the asset with the brain us we want to dictate to this 200,000 where it's going to go and what other assets okay? okay so we can utilize this asset this 200,000 and we can actually use that asset to invest in another business okay and by doing that it creates that that new business what's the cost basis the 200,000 hmm Right. But so like actually buy like equity in another company or you could buy equity in another company. You can start your own company from scratch, just like you did already as a business owner. And just use that cash. And then it's it's essentially planned away. So it's not going to be taxed. It's actually it becomes cat or it becomes the principal of the new company. Becomes principal of the new company. Now it could be taxed in your existing company. Okay. Right. So, so there's certain structures we want to do. And so one of the things we want to do is a promissory note of saying that company A is lending it to company B. Okay. Okay. So, and And, and then what does that do from a tax perspective if, if you did do that? So on company A, it still could be considered, uh, um, profit, but it's not, it's not taxable income. But what we do is we put a couple other tools in place to kind of show, which we won't talk about here, um, but we put a couple of tools in place to make it a non-taxable event if there were to be a taxable event on that 200000 Okay. Okay. So that's one one way is to do like a, 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 prom, a promissory note to another company. Correct. And that's one way to plan that away. And then now you've utilize that $200,000 to gain a new asset Correct. that's hopefully going to generate more cash flow, I'd Correct. assume. So let me define a promissory note really quickly. Okay. It's a loan. That's it. Okay. Company A is loaning company B. A promissory note is that pr- the promise is that company B is going to pay company A back. Well, what's mm-hmm. it going to pay back? What are the terms? You get to decide it. You got to put it down on paper. Okay. And to legitimize this paper... This promissory note, both parties need to sign and agree to the terms of the promissory note. Okay? It be it's the a same legal person? contractual document. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So Why? I can be the lender and the receiver of the funds. Why? Because in the IRS and laws guidelines, a business entity, C Corp, S Corp, LLC, partnership, are all a separate business entity or a separate right. persona. Which okay? is why we all have like our EIN or whatever. That's right. Got. It, it is a separate entity. It's a separate entity in law and in tax. Right. So the business, the entity says, Joe, I want you to be the director or the manager of or the, the president of this entity. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And that's what the documents, the operating agreement says, or, you know, the corporate agreements, all those documents. And I also, as an NT, I'm going to give you the approval to seek lending or lend money mm-hmm. as you see best fit for me as an entity. Right. So we call it a corporate minute. All it is is a notation saying the the business, which has no voice, hmm. its only voice is what we put on paper. Right. And so we have to put the voice on paper to to prove that we, Joe, as the owner, you, Joe, have mm-hmm. the ability to speak for the entity that has no voice. Hmm. Okay. And so cool. we, we do it in guardianships. Right. Okay. We do it in trustees. We do it in all different areas of law. This is no different. Right. So th- this is one way that we could plan away the ca- or we could plan for the cash flow and not necessarily receive a taxable event in that moment. Correct. Um, structure it properly. And I know this this brings up an aside that we don't have a lot of time for right now, but I'll just make this point for anybody because I I didn't know a lot of this stuff um, before meeting you. Um, and you had advised me and uh, and my former business partner about like an, we had become an S corporation um, just through our, our CPA at the time had advised us, you know, you guys are at a stage where you need to become an S corporation. It's beneficial for you. And therefore, that meant a few things. One of them very notably being you must have corporate minutes. Well, guess what we sucked at? Yeah, <laughs> we sucked yeah. at that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I would just say to any business owner that out there. While as an S corporation, it's a requirement essentially by law to stay intact with what they're doing. It was an incredibly beneficial process for us to sit down every quarter. We did it quarterly and have a corporate, you know, corporate meeting and give the corporation a voice. Like it was actually a really valuable process. Yeah. yeah. So I, and I know especially when you have more multiple owners, because it 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 clarifies, it's kind of like when you you're gonna get married. It's always good to go to marriage class before you get married to talk about topics that maybe you just felt uncomfortable talking about, but they push it out there. You have to talk about it, right? Right. And corporate minutes allow us to do that. Now, it's not all states require corporate corporate minutes. Okay. Okay. Some of them require maybe on an annual basis, at least once a year. Well, Hmm. do you make business decisions once a year? No. No. <laughs> right? So what we like to do is we like to document monthly meetings. Every business has a monthly meeting. Document it. Mm. Right? Because it documents what you're going to do in that month. You reflect on last last month. We looked at the financials. We're up or we're trending or we're down. Oh, we have some opportunities coming up in this month. We're going to do this. Oh, hey, Jimmy Joe, you're going to go do this. And Susie Smith, you're going to go do this. And it lays out what we're going to do anyways. Mm-hmm. Why not put it in with the corporate entity to show what the what is being communicated and how the living business is living? This right. becomes very important if you become audited from a tax perspective, or if you ever have to go to court, you need evidence. Mm. Not just, right. oh, you have a honest looking face. <laughs> Thanks, right. judge. But guess <laughs> what? I'm not going to believe anything you say because I have to have evidence. Right. Right. So it's, that that's that becomes part of this and, and part of this plan, cash flow planning process is you may have your corporation determine, hey, we are going to lend money to this corporate, this right. new this new entity, I should say. Right. Yeah. And then this entity saying we're going to receive funds from this and we're going to have this promissory note that goes back and forth and signed by both parties. Yep. So, I mean, that's I know this is just one example of probably an infinite amount of yeah. you know scenarios that could exist. 
But I think, you know, for our listeners who who maybe up to this point have not been the most financially literate as far as wealth building tools, again, part of my goal with this podcast is that they every week, you know, every time they listen, they gain a new bit of knowledge that increases their power in understanding what they can do financially to really build wealth. And I'll tell you my personal motivation behind this, because in my DNA is an entrepreneur. As far back as I know, my great-great-grandfather was an entrepreneur who, who moved our family from Italy, from Sicily to uh, to the Bay Area, and then generation after generation has been business owner after business owner. And oftentimes what I see happen is you, you live in the S or B quadrant and you never really build wealth. You build a great lifestyle, don't get me wrong, like amazing lifestyle, fun stuff to do, lots of money, but building wealth as I've learned from you, Bob, is a very, very different scenario. And I think that's what I'd love for our listeners to gain is, you know, little bits of knowledge that the wealthy know and the government's not going to just come out and tell you that that really allow you to build wealth. So hopefully this has been an, an enjoyable podcast listen for people and they're taking away a few positive things. Yeah. No, awesome. I appreciate the time, Joe.